Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona, And we've had a good storm this week. It really had some moisture. Notice it didn't run very much. It mainly soaked right in. What that means is the ground is bone dry. I mean, just crusty. In fact, I've planted probably 50 feet of hedgerows, uh, different kinds of plants along a fence line, trying to soften it up, you know, three, five plants at a time, probably 20 different plants. And every single Hole and these were these were larger plants, five gallon plants. Your your the hole was probably eighteen inches deep, dry from the top of the surface all the way down. I mean, like bone dry, crusty. It was hard to dig a couple of those, and it was pretty good soil. So, one thing before you let your landscaper, your your gardener, power down your irrigation for the year for the winter, before you let them disconnect that backflow preventer or blow out your lines, you might dig a test hole. Just see how dry your soil is. If it's really dry at the base of a tree or a shrub or in a garden, before they turn that thing off, I would run a double cycle. Really soak those plants. You want your plants to be hydrated, to be moist going into the winter months. Actually, a plant, a cold plant, one if you get down to 20s, teens, your plants do not like to be dry. They want to be moist, hydrated. That's what gets them through a real cold spell. That keeps the antifreeze, it's within the structure of that plant, flowing so it can protect the plant. When a plant gets dry, it can't move that antifreeze back and forth in its structure, and then we get what's called winter burn or winter kill. So the tops of those plants, the tips of those branches will die. So keep them moist. Really check it. I was just, it was stunning how dry the soil was. Even after that storm, I planted right after that that uh, storm that came through. When was that? Tuesday or Wednesday night. Uh, seemed like we got a lot of moisture. The ground was sort of wet, but I think the ground was so dry, we just didn't get enough moisture to really make a difference. So if you're thinking in terms of rain, one inch of rain will penetrate about six inches of soil. So if you've got a root ball that's 18 inches deep, I was planting five-gallon plants, digging a hole, getting it down in there, amending it. I did all the stuff you need to do, but that, that it would have taken three inches of rain, a slow drizzle. If you get three inches of rain all at once, it just flows and runs downhill. It doesn't have time to soak in. This last rain wasn't nearly enough to make any difference. And so you might want to... Just check, test. The easiest way to check your gardens, take a shovel, especially a women's shovel, that that narrower, uh, it's like 8 inches wide instead of that 10 or 12 inches wide. Just take a smaller shovel and and something with a long handle. Put your weight on it, lift up the soil, and take a look. See how dry it is. You can tell very, very quickly. Uh, That's that's one thing that was stunning in my my own gardens. That and at the garden center, so I'm, I'm here in Prescott, our family owns Waters Garden Center. I've been around for a lot of years, and, and a lot of customers are coming in, calling, and they're going, what happened? My crepe myrtles, it was looking so good. What was Another one was lilacs. My lilacs, they looked so good. Are they dead? And I'm these poor Southern Cal 
desert tropical folks. They just have, they've never seen four seasons. They don't know what a deciduous tree is. Deciduous loses its leaves. They just have never seen this process. It's like a phenomenon. It's like they're walking on the moon. They've never seen any of this before. And so the, your plants are fine. It's perfectly normal for them to turn color, to to drop their leaves, and just to be bare. I mean, within the next month, within the next storm that comes through, the next windstorm or whatever happens here, all the leaves are going to be off, off those plants, off your maples, off your silverberry, off your service berries, off your fruit trees, off your crepe myrtles and lilacs and forsythias. You can go right down the line. This is why it's so important to have a good, strong foundation of evergreens. Evergreens being uh, either broadleaf evergreens like red tip photinia, privets, uh, euonymus. There's a whole series of shrubby kind of things. They have a leaf, but they're kind of waxy, and they hold their leaves right through winter. When, uh, uh, Indian hawthorn is a famous one. And so those things will carry you, or the more traditional thinking that most people think of, a, a spruce tree, like a Colorado spruce, or a pine, like ponderosas or pinion pines, Austrian pines. These are all needly kind of plants, conifers. And so they will keep you going through the winter months. And so you need a good, strong foundation of those. If you don't have enough, your plant, I mean, your yard can look really bare. Oh my gosh. It can look stark. I mean, like, does anyone live there? Hello, can you turn the lights on? Who's there? It can really look barren. So you need to, to, this is a good time to spot those and space them out. You don't need the whole yard to be evergreens. You just need 20, 30% of the yard to, to be the focal point now. What happens is those plants, your Russian sage and salvias, they, they defoliate and you almost, you don't even see them in the yard. So, but your eye is naturally drawn now from those purple, spiky Russian sage. Now they're carried over towards that beautiful spruce tree or, or silver uh, hoop size spruce or this dark, rich green, Oregon green pine. These are stunning, striking plants that really glow in the yard through winter. Uh, they get shown up in the, in the summer seasons because of all the flowers. And so, this is their time to take center stage. And so, can't, don't. Don't worry about your other plants that have lost their leaves. It's perfectly normal. Keep them moist. Water them a couple times a month, even without leaves. That'll keep them healthy, and they're going to set their buds. In fact, I was looking at my lilacs. I've got a, it's kind of funny. This week, I have an ever-blooming called Bloomerang lilac. It's in bloom this week. Go figure. I mean, <laughs> the leaves are burning off and the flowers are opening up. That's that's the beauty of a bloomerang lilac. It keeps repeating over and over. It's bloomed. This is its third or fourth time. I don't know. It's bloomed this year. It's kind of like a rose. A rose will often bloom and take a rest, bloom again, take a rest. It's ever-blooming roses. That's what they do. This is an ever-blooming lilac. Uh, the, the lilacs your grandparents grew, those are your common lilacs or Mr. Lincoln lilacs. They're usually purple, and they bloom once. Stunning. I mean, fragrant. Oh, my goodness. Gorgeous uh, in the spring. And then they're just green. They don't bloom again. Then they have this beautiful gold, kind of aspen gold color in fall. Then they drop their leaves, which might have dropped their leaves. And now when you look at the tips, 
There's these big purple buds out on the ends of the uh, ends of the branches. Those are the flowers that will bloom usually in March or April, depending on your elevation. So it's 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 okay. It's not dead. It's it, don't dig it up. Give it a chance. The way you really want to check it, you can walk out. And I'll give you a quick test. You can walk out in your yard and tell if any plant is dead or alive simply with these two things. One, take your hand and just take one of the smaller branches, twigs, and bend it. If it's pliable, it's alive. Don't worry about it. Or you can take your thumbnail and scrape the bark off, especially towards the end where the bark is real thin. Scrape it off, and if it's, if it's green, if the color is green underneath that bark, that plant is very much alive. Don't worry about it. Uh, many plants, like your uh, lantanas, there's a Miss Huff lantana. There's some perennial varieties of lantana. They really got burned back this week. There's not one living thing left looking on it. That particular kind of plant is a true perennial. It will hibernate under the ground. Uh, your galardias, echinaceas, lots of different plants will do that. And so if you see that, you scrape their, your thumb on it, and it's brown underneath, or it's white. That's a dead branch. doesn't mean the roots are dead. It's just a perennial. It's going to hibernate underground. You can go ahead and cut all that foliage back, the dead stuff, and fertilize it with the all-purpose plant food, and it will come back with a vengeance next late spring, summer. That's when lantanas come back. That's when uh, bird of paradise come back. That's when uh, your, your confederate rose or mashudos hibiscus come back with a vengeance. They hibernate underground and then come back fresh uh, every spring. They grow again. So just just realize, if, if in doubt, take a picture of the tag or take a picture of the plant Sometimes it's hard to ID a plant by the twig, by the branch, but we're pretty good at it. We can tell you, oh, no, that one's for sure. That's an annual. Won't come back. Or this one, yeah, that's a great one. Fertilize it. Nurture it. It'll be back for you next spring. Well, let's take a break, and we'll have Lisa Watersling come in with your garden questions after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Some things are just better together. July is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power. Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper coffee and donuts and hey you and me ah thanks ken all-purpose plant food and humic acid better together and only at waters gardens hi ken with the plants of the week and our fire alarm red mums with a name like fire alarm you'd expect large red blooms that take a fire hose to put the glowing petals out just provide a little garden soil for a flaming red that will last and last but wait there's more this fire alarm mum comes back again for even bigger show next year and just $3.99. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love red mums, they love to shop. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with the Mountain Gardeners. Your host, Ken, and Lisa Lane, now the fabulous, the beautiful, 
great hairdo going, by the way. <laughs> good. You've been busy, huh? Oh, thank you. Yep. So uh, gardening questions mm-hmm. this week. We've got uh, all kinds of activity going on, and, and it's fall. Everyone's making the transition. Right. We haven't quite gone indoors yet. They're still outdoors. It's been picking nice. Picking leaves. Yeah. It's been nice. Yeah, one little quick storm, and then it's back. I mean, it just mm-hmm. feels good. I've had shorts on. You, you don't like to give up your shorts. I don't. I like my shorts. I don't like. <laughs> I don't feel closed in. I'd rather wear a parka with shorts and uh, and hiking boots than I would put the it's jeans weird, on. Kind of weird because you're always cold. But nah, but yeah. as long as I keep moving, <laughs> that's, that's the secret to life. Oh, keep moving. <laughs> that's the secret. Okay. What questions you got for us? All right. Our first question is from Leslie. She says, "My roses look a little ragged. Can I trim them back now?" Well, my, they should have some color on them. So many of the roses still have buds, buds yeah, cracking, mm-hmm. some color on the roses. So I would say take time and enjoy those. Don't okay. don't rush. Everyone wants to rush into winter and kind of Prune clean everything, everything up. <laughs> that's, that's usually a sign of a nurse, an accountant, <laughs> a, a banker, an engineer. They love it clean, neat, orderly, mm-hmm. and they want to lock it up. I'm done with this box. I put that on the shelf and I'm back. I'm going to be inside the workbench and right. do that now. Generally, we leave our roses alone. Mm-hmm. Don't be in a rush to prune them. This is hard for our Phoenix folks, folks up from the valleys. They prune their roses back down there in November and December. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Midwest, they prune them up in November and December, then insulate them with leaves mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. They'll put chicken wire around them and get them Burlap, to go through the winter that way. That Here, we're so mild, mm-hmm. you don't have to do anything with your roses as long as you don't do anything with your roses. <laughs> so if you don't prune them back, you leave that foliage in, in mass, mm-hmm. uh, it will protect the canes or that graft enough to where you don't have to hardly do anything with them. They'll get a little beat up in January, first part of February. Then in March, March 1, sometime in March, we clean them up. That's when we do most of our pruning clean up. We'll fertilize them. We'll spray them for bugs and kind of start the season over. And about 45 days later, almost to the day, mm-hmm. they're in full bloom. That'll be around usually Mother's Day, end of, right. end of April, May, somewhere in there. They start to bloom like crazy. And they don't mm-hmm. stop until after that. If you prune them up too much, winter can kill back the canes even more. So you've, you've went down to your basic three to five canes. It's at three-foot height, you know, knee-high. And then all of a sudden, winter comes, and you're left with a stub in right. the ground. Or it can actually kill the cane, kill mm-hmm. that graft mm-hmm. while the canes are coming out. It kills it. And so that's important for those hybrid teas, floribundas, grandifloras. Okay. So I'd say leave them alone. Just enjoy them. You can give them a haircut whenever you want. Sure. If you get a wild hair or that um, that one, it goes back to the original rootstock. Mm-hmm. It's not even part of the graft. There's a cane that comes below the graft Cuts from the off. ground. It looks like this gnarly thing, like a <laughs> little shop of horrors, that plant that wants to eat people looks like one of those yeah you cut those off right but, but base that's basic light pruning mm-hmm. haircut maintenance stuff do the major stuff in march okay next question is from doug in prescott valley he has a brick walkway but he still has grass coming up between it what can he spray this time of year sure to get rid of that grass yeah it's actually a challenge now a brick may be warm enough uh, probably not the glyphosate's probably aren't going to work. That's your Roundup mm-hmm. products. It's just when it's cold, when it's below 50 degrees, it just doesn't work. Plants shut down. They just don't absorb enough of it. I'd go with the Weed Beater Ultra. 
okay. is the name. Mm-hmm. I would use that. And that one does work when it's cold out. It works very effectively. So I'd almost switch over to all, all the weed beater ultra on most of your weeds. The dandelions are pretty large right now. Mm-hmm. There's some of your winter weeds. I would encourage folks, we've had so much moisture, so many weeds. If you've been struggling with weeds, come in and get some crabgrass and weed preventer. It's the easiest thing in the world. It is. For like 20, 30 bucks, it covers like 5,000 square feet for a bag. You put it out there and no weeds. Mm-hmm. No weeds will come up. I mean, no seed will ever come up. It just, it just keeps it clean. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy. You got to get it on, though, before these weeds germinate. Once they start coming up, it's too late. Yeah, it's, it does, <laughs> that stuff doesn't work. It actually kills the seed, mm-hmm. and it doesn't kill weeds. So right. you can put it around your rosemary and your trees and your roses. Mm-hmm. It won't affect them. It only kills the, keeps the seed from germinating. But you got to put it on strategically before the weeds come. Right. We went out in our yards, and we just said, when I'm fertilizing, I'm putting that stuff out because I really hate weeding. It's just an <laughs> awful, awful job. A lot of it's work. It's garden work is what right. it is. Yet they make these fabulous new products that mm-hmm. keep them in check. I would encourage Weed Beater Ultra, Ultra for now right just now. to knock it off and then just put the weed and grass preventer down and you won't have that problem again. Mm-hmm. Especially rock that lawns. Work in a rock in a, in a brick walkway though? Would it will, work? yeah. You water yeah. it in right afterwards. It goes in between the rocks oh, okay. and between the bricks. Works mm-hmm. like magic. You bet. Okay. Rock lawns. You always have that fine silt below, uh, just above the, right. the fabric. Mm-hmm. And so you get these weeds, mm-hmm. the, the weed and grass. Crabgrass and weed preventer keeps that from happening. You Mm -hmm. just don't have that problem or greatly, greatly reduced. Right. Our next question is from Angie in Prescott. When is the best time to put out wildflower seed and does it take a lot of work to get them started? Yeah, no, it's, it's really easy. Now we just got done with crabgrass and weed preventer. (laughs) So you don't want to put that down and then put your grant, your wildflower seed down because it won't come up. It just, it keeps all seed from coming up. It's indiscriminate. All seed. It doesn't care if it's a weed or a flower. (laughs) So I've had some customers make mistakes like that in in the past. Right. You're a little bit early. Mm -hmm. You could get your seed. You could actually start it. Uh, really about the holidays, uh, Christmas, New Year's, that's your cue to start. Mm. In fact, they, many people give that as gifts, stocking yes, stuffers. very nice. You see a lot of folks coming in. They've got a gardening friend or their mm-hmm. new house. They'll come in and buy the, the Arizona selection of, of seed kind of stuff. Sure. So, but then you want some cold to hit that seed. But we don't want birds to eat it. So that's, that's the balance. It's a dilemma. It really is. <laughs> so if you wait until the migration's done... So get the birds are migrating right now. There's might even be a few hummingbirds around or they're, they're hanging on mm-hmm. Let all those Southern southbound birds go. Now you have are the locals, which is greatly reduced. And then you go out and seed that. And usually I'll buy a bag of mulch, the water's premium mulch, mm-hmm. put my seed in that mulch in a wheelbarrow and turn that in. I create my own hydro mulch and I just spread that out over the yard so I can see where the seed went it insulates the seed so I get better germination, mm-hmm. and it keeps the birds off. It's like a trifecta effect. Right. It really does work. And I would say wait until December, January. Yeah. And then uh, I would say get your seed down by the latest March, Mar- first mm-hmm. part of March. It has to have some freeze and thaw for those seed to germinate. If you right. put it at wait until spring and it's just warm weather, your germination, you'll come back on. You sold me this seed that doesn't work or it's all weedy or didn't bloom. 
Yeah. That's because they needed cold to crack the hole open on those seeds so they mm-hmm. could germinate into the into the native earth. We've now, you don't have to. Them. Yeah, we do. But it doesn't take a lot of soil prep, does it? I mean, you're basically just kind of loosening up the soil a little bit. Yeah, I hate to oversimplify. Mm-hmm. Most folks come in and they go, I'm from Michigan and I just want wildflowers <laughs> eating. Chuck them out there and they will just magically come up and I'll have a prairie. No, it doesn't right. work that way. Really prep the soil. Let's take a rake rake off the rock, mm-hmm. rake off the roots, the old weeds, and open up the earth so it can receive the soil. That's the ba- that's the gist. Mm-hmm. Then you want to top dress that, that over the seed with that mulch. Mm-hmm. Keep the birds off to increase germination rate. And that's pretty much it. You can water sporadically, although if you time it right, nature usually helps you that yeah. time of year. It's pr- we'll get some key snowstorms that will help mm-hmm. the germination rate. So I would okay. say... Get the handout. It's, I think it's, I don't know, 10 steps to wildflowers or something. It's free. It's a one-page thing. It's really easy. just mm-hmm. lays it all right out there for you, and it, it really makes a difference. Look at the Rocky Mountain mix. It mm-hmm. is so showy. If you can give it a little bit of care and a little bit of water, wow, it's a really pretty mix. Right. The Arizona mix is one that, that I put together with my buddy up in Colorado. We just took all the Arizona mix. It's, it's showy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's much hardier. Um, it can go with a little bit less water yeah, and still look can. still look really nice. good. And then if you're just going to have, you're going to re-veg, and I want no care and no nothing. We have mm-hmm. deer-resistive. We've mm-hmm. got a drought-hardy. Right. There's different mixes we've put together for our area, for this, mm-hmm. this region. And um, anyway, there's wildflowers for you. We're okay. out of time. We're, you're listening to Ken and Lisa Lane, The Mountain Gardeners. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Oh no, my pine trees look terrible. Never fear, Plant Protector is here. Plant Protector? From Waters Garden Center? My super strength protector destroys pine scale, bark beetle, and aphids. Just water into the soil and your trees are protected from the inside out for the year. Thank you, Plant Protector. You can always find Plant Protector at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Hi, Ken, with the plants of the week and our ivory feathers pampas grass. The most majestic of all grasses, this dwarf pampas grass blends perfectly into landscapes. In bloom at Waters now with long stalks of ivory plumes held tall above flowing green foliage that only grows head high. Much easier to maintain, this crop is the nicest you'll find and only $39.99. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love ivory grasses, they love to shop. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. If you want to have fun with kids, uh, grandkids, for in our, this week for us, grandkids visit, three of them. And so I'm going, okay, how do I entertain a little kid? So an eight-year-old and a five-year-old and a one-year-old. One-year-old Lisa had just, they don't want to see me. They, want to, they, don't, they don't want to wrestle. They want to pet the dog and hold their whatever. 
Uh, but the boys, oh my gosh, the eight and five-year-olds, they are rambunctious and want to garden, want to go out. And so we piled up leaves. And one thing I did, uh, we're done with the pumpkins. So I grow giant pumpkins. So I've got them out in the front yard. So I, boys, go out in the front yard, get the biggest pumpkin you can find and bring it to the back deck. We're going to smash pumpkins. And you can just see their eyes going, I don't compute. I can't compute. I heard go get pumpkin, but smash pumpkin. I do. Oh, we'll be right back, pops. And so they run out. It's so big, they can't lift it. So they're rolling it through the living room. Luckily, Lisa wasn't watching. So comes through and and, uh, we take it to the back deck. If you want to have fun with kids, just, I said, okay, we have a one and a half story uh, a deck on the back of the house, patio underneath. I said, boys, let's drop this thing off. Guess how many pieces it will break into. And so they're going, really? Oh, that was great. Uh, so I'm going, okay, here we go. It broke into eight pieces. So big chunks are all over the backyard. I'm prob- I'm just going to add them to the compost pile. It's all good. Uh, we'll harvest a few seeds for next year. I'll let the rest of it go, but they just thought that was the greatest thing ever. And then, uh, this is great. This is insider tip, uh, grandparenting kind of like 301, uh, which is what I do. Uh, I love having fun. I'm trying to create um, uh, adventurous, trying to get them away from those screens, get them out in the yard, uh, and, and just be fresh air, all that. And so I'm trying to create archaeologists geologists and you're looking at rocks so i buried some indian arrowheads shh it's just between us don't tell anyone else especially my grandkids uh you can buy them on amazon they're cheap you get some arrowheads i got some spearheads they're a little bit more expensive but hey you get a few of those you bury them underneath rocks or where they can just kind of scratch around and look and find they found I think I buried like 100. They found five. (laughs) Again, they're only eight and five years old. So, But still, it was like magic going to look for those and finding them. Uh, Lots of leaves are blowing around, so it's kind of hard to spot them. So I said, boys, take the blowers. I have two uh, 18-volt Roby blowers, one for each grandson. I said, here, take these, blow off an area, and look for arrowheads underneath the leaves they just thought we get technology and we get to find arrowheads that's the greatest thing ever so anyway we had a great time uh with that it was just super i did have a customer come in this week they were looking for a very low hedge uh i suggested boxwood they're going oh well can i do some homework and just can i look on the internet and just just place an order and have it show up and go well you know plants don't work that way they're extremely seasonal, especially at altitude. If you're at a high elevation, um, you really you don't want to plant uh, crepe myrtles and, and all those summer blooming chase trees, and you, you don't want to plant those. They just defoliated, and they're not gonna. They don't look good this time of year. The ones you want, you want to be planting evergreens this time of year. They've got more antifreeze in them. They look better. Uh, you'll remember to water them because they're out there in the yard. You see them. Uh, those are the things you want to be planting. You don't want to plant a bunch of flowers unless they're pansies. Very, there's like a handful you can plant right now in the winter. It's cold every night. So you can go pansies and snapdragons and dusty miller and violas and you know, kales. There's a whole series of things you can plant now, but you don't want to plant 
zinnias. And if you start doing an internet search, you will get all kinds of crazy advice. Almost none of it correct for this altitude. So really do your homework. And then I would suggest, and you're tuned in here from all over northern Arizona, uh, go to your local nursery. Go to Plant Fair over in Payson. Go over to Christopher's over in the White Mountains. Go up to Warner's in Flagstaff. Go, go, come to Waters in Prescott. And do your, ask them, going, hey, I found this. What do you think? Go, well, you know, that one really doesn't grow above 4,000 foot level. It's not going to winter over for you here. But let me show you something that will that's very similar. So we can show you a companion plant or something that looks like that and help guide you in the right direction so you're not making as many mistakes. Our goal is gardening, you learn by making mistakes. We just want to make sure you're never going backwards. You're always making mistakes going in the right direction, going forward. That's our goal. And so if we have a failure, we I, I personally see that as a failure on my part because I'm discouraging gardening. It's good to see something slowly die over a year. That's the most torturous thing ever. You can discourage a whole lot of gardeners next generation by doing that. We want successes. Our goals are to have not just selling a plant, but the things that make it really thrive and grow. And so be careful that internet stuff. That and these crops are very finite. We grow like 200 forsythia. And when that's over, it's gone. There, you can't hit a button and create you know, 50 more. It's, it's, until next year, that crop is gone. So there's this seasonality of the crops too. So just kind of a heads up what's going on in the marketplace. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Hi, Ken, with the plants of the week and our plumtastic muley grass. Glittering clouds of vivid purple plumes emerge in late summer and persist through the end of the year. It's a natural and showing off all its glory right now at the garden center. A superb hillside plant, especially when situated so that the plumtastic flowers are backlit by the Arizona sunset, all for just $36. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love plumtastic grass, they love to shop. Plants are a lot like puppies. They need care, water, and food. You wouldn't forget to feed your puppies, so don't forget to feed your plants. Water's 7404 All-Purpose Plant Food is a gourmet meal for your plants. The only food for Arizona plants for the nutrients they need for big blooms, a hefty harvest, and tremendous trees, all naturally. It's time to feed your plants with 744 All-Purpose Plant Food from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. I'm basically a, a half artist inside. I, mean, I, I laugh at that, <laughs> that bent. And so this is one of my favorite segments because it's that artistry of, of plants. It's mm-hmm. how do you put them all together. We give this segment to Lisa. Waters lanes just so to get that design flair. Otherwise, it all turns out to be how do I water? How do I prune? Mm-hmm. Tomatoes, 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 <laughs> lawn, 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 and it just gets boring. So I, right. I like the artistic side of that, and the garden should have a feel to it. Mm-hmm. And you definitely 
you got the feel, babe. <laughs> I don't know. You're a good designer. <laughs> just a good designer. <laughs> I am married to this gal on the other other microphone, in case you've just tuned in. <laughs> you better be. So design tips, what you got for us? Well, this, this week? week I thought we'd cover um, evergreen shrubs. Good, yeah. Um, so not necessarily trees, but the shrubs that you can put out in your yeah, yard right now. They're starting now. to shine right now. They're starting they to are. take center stage. Yeah, everything else is kind of losing its leaves or has already lost its leaves. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a good time to take a look at your yard and uh, go, oh, maybe I do need some evergreens out here. Something yeah. to give me color year round instead of just through the growing months. This is a time when you should spot. Now, a lot of folks mm -hmm. go, oh, I can't plant now. They still think they're back I in know. Wisconsin or something. Come on, people. Mm -hmm. You're in Arizona. You moved here for a reason because <laughs> it's so nice. Right. And your plants love it too. Mm -hmm. Some of these evergreens, they it's actually a, an ideal time to plant them because you can right. see where to put them. You can space them out easier. Mm -hmm. They're not competing with all the other trees and shrubs and blooms. Right. So you can get a better feel of proportion mm -hmm. out there. So it's easier to space them. And they will actually root through into, into December. Right. And you'll get better growth next spring by yeah. planting in in the autumn. So it's mm -hmm. a good time to plant evergreens. It is a good time. The other thing I would recommend, um, people, so many times they come home, they drive into their garage, they park their car, they go into their house, and they never see the front of their house from how their neighbors are seeing That's true. It. Yeah. So it's a good time to walk up maybe to the end of your driveway and take a good, honest look at the front of your house. The other thing you can do is stand inside your house at those windows that are maybe facing the front or the back and look out your windows and go, oh, you know, there's something ugly over there. Maybe I ought to plant something to cover that. Or I would like a little more green out here, something to look at in the wintertime when I'm glancing out the window, sipping my hot toddy, yeah. you know, something to give you interest. And the birds um, love to have those evergreen shrubs out there in the wintertime. So if you want to invite birds into your yard, you know, that's a good way to do that too. I think at the entrance of a driveway, mm -hmm. good place for evergreens. Oh yeah. At the front of your house, along the dry, along the, that uh, pathway leading to the front door, mm -hmm. good places for evergreens. Just outside, as you're looking out from that dining room or living room, that's a great place for a living Christmas tree kind of right. thing. Nice, a little more formal, mm -hmm. uh, catchy, ornamental eye candy out there mm -hmm. in the garden where you can decorate it if you want or just right. go, God, that just really is really pretty. You yeah. just admire that because it's, it's like the Lone Ranger out there. It's standing <laughs> with its foliage on going, look at me because everyone right. else went to bed. Right. And so they're really good with that. And so mm -hmm. these evergreens, they'll go down to minus 20, 30, a, a spruce right. or pine down to minus 50 degrees. Mm -hmm. So they'll handle a cold no problem. Right. You just got to put them in the ground. This is a time mm -hmm. when you, it's a good time to sure. do that. Sure. So let's go through some of those evergreen shrubs. I'm going to start with the tall ones first. So this first group are ones that get fairly tall. I'd say six foot and above. Head high and above. Head high. There you, you go. It. Head mm -hmm. high and above. For you, head high. And above. Okay. <laughs> For me. Okay. <laughs> and probably five to six foot, some wider. First one would be the Hetz Blue Juniper. It's a Hetz, H-E-T-Z. This is a juniper that's very, very attractive. It has kind of a silvery gray foliage to it, and it gets wider than it gets taller. So it gets about eight foot tall, but it also, but it gets about ten foot wide. So yeah. if you've got a wide space, you really want something to fill that with. The Hetz would be a fantastic juniper to go that's in there. It's one that's used as a as a hedge quite often too, a mm -hmm. privacy hedge 
around right. the hot tub, mm-hmm. uh, along that property border. Big space, a big island out there in a, right. in a larger, if let's say, half acre need lot. Something big out in you there. You need to take up some space because mm-hmm. it just looks bare. And junipers, you can't kill a juniper. It's pretty tough. They're tough as nails. So, yeah. and the hets, that's one that's not as, it's not an allergy uh, right. juniper. It's, so it's many just people a male. come in and go, oh, I don't want juniper. I have allergies. And I'm like, well, you know, not all of them <laughs> right. are pollen producing. So don't discount them out of hand. It's the female, no, it's the male. The males that are the natives, the, the mm-hmm. alligator and, and uh, shaggy barks, right. the males are the ones that put the pollen on, and they go, poof, poosh, <laughs> I'm going to pollinate the world. Come on, <laughs> ladies. And then the ladies are the ones that put the berries on. They, yeah. they catch a pollen, and you see the berries. Mm-hmm. So you can tell male and female, mm-hmm. the junipers, well, these, they've selected these as being right. only the females. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, no issues Plants. with the allergy. Yeah, the botany, yeah. Yes, thank you for that lesson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you can just lift their tail. <laughs> I don't I don't even want to Maybe go not. There. Okay, majestic beauty Indian hawthorn. In that hawthorn family, nice rugged evergreen, really heavy leafed. Does put on a bloom in the springtime and you do get some berries in the fall. Um, but it gets big size. I mean, it can probably get up to 15, 20 feet, would you say? Optimistic. The wind can so, hold it down. So uh, I'd say head high to maybe 8 to 10 feet. Okay. Especially folks in Kingman, it grows really well up there, mm-hmm. those areas. The wind tends to keep it, keep it down lower. some. Yeah. Okay. I know the tag says 15 feet, but really I think mm-hmm. 20%, 25% less than that. Okay. Well, realistically. No, very fragrant flower. Oh, my goodness. When that goes in right. a bloom, yeah, it's going to catch your attention. <laughs> Hawthorns are really good that way. Right. So another couple that are kind of a little more in that hedge family would be the waxleaf privet and red tip fetinia or Fraser fetinia. Those are other nice evergreens. Get six foot, eight foot tall. A lot of people use them as hedges. They can trim them or you can just let them do their thing yeah. and let them go. Just don't plant them right by the house. No. Because they'll take over your house. Yes, you'll never see. And you'll just see. see nothing but bushes. You won't <laughs> see a house. Unless you want to. Not yeah, that's true. Here. If you got a bedroom or something where you just don't right. want people looking in, yeah. it's a pyrocantha is that way. You just I was just going to mention oh. the Yukon Bell yeah. um, is another very nice, tall, growing evergreen. Um, pretty because it has that white flower in spring and then those orange um, berries in the fall. Yep. Birds love it. Orange berries seem mm-hmm. to produce seem to winter better for us than the right. red berries. So the red berries for your lower elevations, it's okay. Mm-hmm. The higher elevation, Williams and Flagstaff, and those areas, you definitely need the orange, orange. berry. The red one won't go through the winter no. with you. Wouldn't Even Prescott's borderline sometimes. Yeah, depending on where you're at. So that's some of the tall ones, some medium ones real quick. The one that I really like is the Southern Moon Yetta Hawthorn. Mm-hmm. There again, the Hawthorn family blooms in the spring. And this one has, I believe, white flowers in the yeah, spring. White with a pink hue, yeah. Yeah, very fragrant, though, still. Mm-hmm. And um, I think blueberries in the fall, blue-colored yep. berries. But yeah. very pretty, nice, heavy leaf, waxy leaf. They look like they would not be able to take our heat and the draw, but they do very, very well here. They like blistering hot. Yeah. I mean, put it out in the yard, surround it with a rock lawn. It's happy. It's happy. That's where it's going to be. Rock, rock gardens. That's where it's going to yeah. be good there. Very pretty. Um, Oregon gray poly is another nice one. The I guess there. Well, there's two kinds of the holly. There's the compact, which stays what about three, three and a half feet knee high, yep. and then the other one gets five to six feet mm-hmm. yeah. in there. Uh, yellow flowers in the spring. 
and then uh, blueberries in the fall. And I'm quickly running out of time again. So medium gilted silverberries, another one you want to check out. Short ones. Take a look at the red elf pyracantha. Uh, stays about two foot tall, red berries, very, very attractive. The Indian Prince Hawthorne. You're um, in a Hawthorne stage. theme. I am. There's a, they, There's they so look many so good. Of they're them. so great. Yeah, and they get different nice heights. You know, it's a rich green, height. too. It's not a weak. It's, it's a real rich green. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, check out the Gulf Stream and the Sienna Sunrise Nandinas. Mm-hmm. Um, also about three foot high, somewhere in there. Emerald Gaiety. That's another one of my favorites. It's a variegated white and green. But in the wintertime, it kind of puts on a little pink hue to it. Uh, so very pretty out there. So the a yard. common name is winter creeper. It's for those that might <laughs> in the Midwest they call it winter creeper. Do they? Here they call it euonymus. I always called it emerald gaiety. Yeah, euonymus. Well, you're not in the Midwest. Gosh, you're just you grew I'm up learning here in so much today, Ken. <laughs> well, that's good. And all those can be planted now, and they all right. look good. And some of those smaller ones make great container gardens. Yes. So if you've got some fade. All the summer stuff's gone. Put a few strategic evergreens with some pansies. It looks good. You're listening to Ken and Lisa Lane, The Mountain Gardeners. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Hi, Ken, with the plants of the week and our ivory feathers pampas grass. The most majestic of all grasses, this dwarf pampas grass blends perfectly into landscapes. In bloom at waters now with long stalks of ivory plumes held tall above flowing green foliage that only grows head high. Much easier to maintain, this crop is the nicest you'll find and only $39.99. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love ivory grasses, they love to shop. Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week and our Little Janie Gara. Little Janie is a charmer with flowers that float above this 15-inch plant. The fluorescent pink flowers will wow the hummingbirds with Janie's charm as well. Hummingbirds throughout the neighborhood will visit your plants. They're just so popular and only $14. She thrives in hot, dry gardens and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love their native plants to be beautiful and hassle-free, they love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Well, the Halloween season is over, and we're entering the Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, all those holidays between now and the end of the year. And it is a fun time. We are starting, we're just two weeks away from the first Christmas trees coming in. So the cut trees, we have... We sell cut trees here at Waters Garden Center. We've been doing it for many, many decades. But mainly, we, we, we're we famous. We sell more living Christmas trees. That is, you use it uh, in, in your house for the decorations, and then you go plant it after the holiday celebrations are over. And so I thought I would just go over what are the top five. Maybe there's more than five. We'll see how many I can go down the line with. Uh, evergreens. You can use this holiday decor either inside or outside and that that thrive in the mountains of Arizona. This would be all elevations, probably from 4,000 foot high, high 3,000s, you know, the Skull Valley, Kirklands, 
of those areas all the way up to Highland Pines, Williams, Flagstaff, White Mountains, and, and everything in between. They'll take the sun. They'll take the wind. Uh, evergreens, the beauty of evergreens, this is conifers, things with a needle. The beauty with those is that they're typically waxy leafed. They don't, they're very efficient on their water use, which makes them very tough. That's why we have so many uh, evergreen forests here. We've got juniper forest and uh, ponderosa forest and pinyon pines all over the place. Uh, that's because it, they thrive in this dry, high altitude, kind of bright days, cold, cold nights. They thrive in this kind of weather. They also prefer to be planted in this kind of weather. They will adapt better by planting them in the fall or autumn, now through the end of the year, than they are in a, than a spring or summer kind of planting. So there's, there's more popular at that time, but I actually have more choices to pick from this time of year. So you've got more evergreens, mainly because we're front-loading, getting ready for the holidays. We have, we, again, we are selling, many, many garden centers will sell more living trees than we will cut trees. And all of us, we're all friends. In fact, we, 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 we buy from the same farm and we share the same truck. We just offload it, it at all of our nurseries. So plant fair, uh, usually it's Christopher's in, in White Mountains, then plant fair in Payson, then it's Waters in, in Prescott. We just make this rotation route. Um, but we'll, each one of us, you, we're all friends. We, we sell more living trees truly than we do cut trees because of the tradition uh, of what's going on. So anyway, what are the top living Christmas trees? What are the top five evergreens? That These are big, showy, usually multi-layered, uh, single trunk, single, single stem branching going up. And the number one seller by far, number one, is the Colorado spruce or the variation thereof. So Colorado spruce, that's a, this is a big, a big trunk. It grows easily 40, 50 feet tall. Big swooping branches coming out to about 15, 18 feet wide. Just has this beautiful, many folks that are new to the area, they're not used to seeing evergreens. They go, oh, I like the one that looks like a Christmas tree. They're always describing the Colorado spruce. Now what we've done is we figured out uh, how to graft a Colorado spruce and get it get a more robust, get a brighter, get a better, get a hybrid of this same tree. And so if you take a, a certain cutting of a Colorado spruce and you graft it onto a miniature rootstock, what you come up with is a crazy blue, like silver blue spruce that doesn't get very tall. It only gets up mid-teens, so 15 to 18 feet tall, and much narrower. It looks like a Colorado spruce, but now it fits in a small yard. This is called a Fat Albert spruce. They're very pretty. Uh, I haven't looked to see which one I sell more of. I probably sell more Fat Alberts. It just depends. If you've got a big yard, you want a big tree. You go for Colorado spruce. If you've got a small yard, you typically go for the Fat Albert spruce. It just varies. These are slow-growing plants. Another one that's sort of like that is a special graft. We've created this, this, you take a certain cutting, put it on a different kind of rootstock, and they're related. So it's not, we're not taking d different DNAs. They're all the same plant, but we're just adapt, we're modifying them by what we graft onto certain kinds of roots. We come up with a hoopsai spruce. Hoopsai, H-O-O-P-S-I, hoopsai uh, spruce. It's a Colorado spruce. It grows as big as a Colorado spruce, but it is 
three times the intensity. This plant virtually glows in the dark. It is so bright. It's just really silver blue color. It's really intense. It's like a Toyota Corolla with its headlights on. It's it's silver color. I mean, it's, it's that. It's, it's crazy how bright this thing is. It's stunning. And when you put Christmas lights on it, little bright lights, either colored or clear, oh, it's it just glows. It's so pretty. And there's two pine trees that are better here. Now we've got we've got ponderosa pines. We have pinyon pines. These are the native varieties of pines. But a ponderosa, truly, when you're planting that, what you end up with is a trunk in the yard. You, all the foliage is way up there. You, none of it goes to the ground. A better alternative to a ponderosa pine is an Austrian pine. It's a long-needled pine, rich green, very much like a ponderosa, but it holds that foliage right to the ground. It has that, that perfect shape, the nice uh, swooping branches. It has much more formal or, or better looking in a landscape, especially if you've got rock lawns. It's also not nearly as, as trashy. Uh, many ponderosas, they're always throwing off needles. I mean, just constantly. They'll bury you. If you sit there very long, you're going to get a needle or a pine cone hitting you in the head. Austrian pines don't do that. This is a tall tree, 30, 35 feet tall, probably 10 to 12 feet wide. So beautiful pine tree. One that's like that, that's dwarfed, is the Oregon green pine. This is a richer green has denser needle structure and a little bit shorter needle. So an Austrian pine has a four or five inch needle. Uh, an Oregon green has maybe a three inch long needle. It's very, it's, it's kind of chubby looking. It's very pretty. It has an interesting texture. When you look at them, you can tell, oh, that one's different from that one. They're both pine trees. They're from the same genus, uh, but how they grow is a little bit different. And it's dwarfed. It's half the size of an Austrian pine. So those are good choices. If you're thinking about a native, a ponderosa pine, or a pinyon pine, pinyons specifically, pinyons have a real problem with scale here. So there, there's this pest that gets on every, if you have a native uh, pon, pinyon pine tree, you are going to need to treat this. You need to treat it this fall with a tree and, and shrub plant protector. It keeps the scale at bay, and you do this in the fall. You fertilize it, put that plant protector on it, and it gets rid of the scale. You'll be doing this every year for as long as you live in that house. But there is a variety uh, that's, that doesn't get the scale. And so your single-leafed single uh, pinion pine, that's the one they get the pinion pine nuts from uh, in production. has a bluer tinge to it. doesn't get as large. It's, it's more robust, and mainly it doesn't get the scale. But it's equally as hardy to our to our local native pinyon pine that grows here. So just just some insider tracks, and then one one of my favorite pine trees. Uh, I mean, it truly is beautiful. You can't look at this tree and, and go by it without touching it, stroking it. It's so soft. It's called a Vanderwolf pine. We've got some stunning specimens that came in. They're above head high. They're really pretty, but each needle. So it's got a pine needle about five inches long, but each needle on the top of it, it's blue. On the bottom, it's silver. So you get this blue-silver, blue-silver. It almost flutters in the wind. It's very striking, very robust. If you're going to kill this plant, it will be you overwatered it. Plant down, down and dirty, that's it. It died, you overwatered it. That's it. Uh, it wasn't a bad tree, you overwatered it. That's what it, it just really is drought tough, just really robust. No real pests come after it. 
Uh, it, it's just a, a really tough little plant here, and it doesn't get very big. So it only gets maybe in the high teens, uh, narrow, maybe six, eight feet wide, and a beautiful central trunk with branches coming off. It's just pretty. Vanderwolf pine, kind of unusual how to pronounce it, but Vanderwolf pine, Austrian pine, Green Mountain pine. You've got Colorado spruce, Fat Albert spruce, Hoopside spruce, and that's more than five, and there's more choices than that. This is a good time if you think if you need more evergreens in the yard, this is a tremendous time to be planting them in your yard. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. Oh no, my pine trees look terrible. Never fear, Plant Protector is here. Plant Protector? From Waters Garden Center? My Super Strength Protector destroys pine scale, bark beetle, and aphids. Just water into the soil and your trees are protected from the inside out for the year. Thank you, Plant Protector. You can always find Plant Protector at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. This week's garden column was on a tough little houseplant. So Lisa and I travel quite a bit. And so we love seeing grandkids. We like to travel. That's one of our hobbies. We've got a a houseboat we go to pretty often on the lake. We'd like to get away. It's our way of decompressing. We live a very high-stressed life. In fact, we have a, I think our house sitter lives at our house more than we do. So we're always working, it seems like. We're running companies. We're here. We work together. It's a mom-and-pop operation. And if someone doesn't show up for work that day, that's our job for the day. And and then you work at the end of the night. You're getting your marketing, your billing, all that stuff. You, you folks that have small business, you you know what that's all about. We're no different. We put on a big show, but really it's just us and maybe 20, not even that, maybe 15 other employees. And we just like plants. We like connecting plants and people together. And so we're, we're busy. So we've got to have plants that are just tough as nails. You folks that love RVing, you love cruise ships, you, you like to go travel and see the kids, you, you know how difficult it can be to keep your house plants alive. Outdoors, it's easy. Clocks. I mean, computers were created so, that we, so man can run irrigation clocks. Uh, but inside, you can't very well have a drip irrigation system inside. There are some little tricks. I mean, there's some things you can do to, you know, gather them up in the bathroom because it's more humid. Put them all in the tub. Put a little, an inch of water at the base. Just keep them together. There's some tricks like that. There's some special watering devices. We have all of those at the garden center. Uh, so there's globes. There's little uh, ceramic wicks that come through. We've got all those. But bottom line. 
what Lisa and I do, we just have really tough plants. And one of our plants that we just dearly love, our go-to, we've got way more than one, probably one in every room, is a ZZ plant, ZZ. So Z is in, I think it's called Zanzibar Gem. No, that's its common name. I can't pronounce pronounce the Latin name, but it's ZZ plant because it's got two Zs in the plant in the name. Anyway, that's it. It's a beautiful green, thick, waxy leafed plant. You can neglect this thing. I mean, you're watering it maybe once a month in the winter. No more than twice a month, really less than that, even in the summer, the growing season. You just you can really neglect you can go on that cruise for you know a month. Come back, the ZZ plant, it'll still be alive. Uh, they're a little bit more expensive, you'll find, at the garden centers, at your nursery, because they're slow growing, which is beautiful. I mean, that's one, I, we don't have to maintain it a lot. Just water it every once in a while, fertilize a little bit, and watch it grow. It just always looks good there. Now, we've got a whole series of cacti and succulents and all these other kinds of plants, but this looks like a houseplant. It's got a leaf to it, not a needle. Not not a pad. It's got got an actual. It looks like a houseplant, but the stems are very chubby, very thick. They hold moisture in the stems. They hold moisture in the the leaves. And I believe that that particular plant is a rhizome, so it's got very fleshy, uh, tuberous type of roots. So it just holds moisture. It's a great little plant. And then at the very end of that article, I put uh, a Pinterest board of all the other tough plants that we have. A lot of them were at our house. Pictures of our or or something I found on Pinterest that create a board for tough, indestructible houseplants. If that's of interest for you, if that's something that you just want more, you're tired of struggling houseplants, take a look. You can go to watersgardencenter.com, look under blog. It'll be the very first post. That article's right there. It's got a link to the Pinterest board. And at the very top of the website, watersgardencenter.com, you'll see a Pinterest icon. It won't take you right to that board, but it'll take you to our Pinterest page and then look for indestructible houseplants and you can get the list for your own use as well. Of course, we'd always love to see you come to the garden center and help walk, give you the grand tour here as well. That's even better. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking and helping fans of the show. Hi, Ken, with the Plants of the Week and our fire alarm, Red Mums. With a name like Fire Alarm, you'd expect large red blooms that take a fire hose to put the glowing petals out. Just provide a little garden soil for a flaming red that will last and last. But wait, there's more. This Fire Alarm mum comes back again for even bigger show next year and just $3.99. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love red mums, they love to shop. Hi, Lisa with the finds of the week and our Forester Feathergrass. Dramatic bronze flower spikes start blooming in early summer and don't stop until well into next year. The flowers are so light and airy, it's often referred to as feathergrass. Growing to just hip high, this dainty grass shows off enough to make a designer statement without being invasive. All for under $30. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love really pretty grass, they love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. 
Thanks for tuning in.